What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. I am here live at the Health 2.0, I was almost going to say HIMSS, I guess I could say HIMSS, uh, conference. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and the host of the What to Know podcast. And I have the pleasure this afternoon of sitting down with Steve Rettling. I should have double-checked to make sure that's the correct pronunciation of your last name, but I figured that was a pretty safe bet. Steve is the Chief Technology and Innovation Officer of HIMSS. Uh, you joined about five months ago, if I recollect that. That's uh, correct. Uh, previous to that, you held positions at Kaiser Permanente and Davida Kidney Care, among others. This has got to feel a little bit like a dream come true for you taking on this role. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, you know, I, I spent 15 years in operational healthcare. Really amazing um, people, amazing things to do, and um, this opportunity to take change and innovation at a different level was very exciting. And the opportunity to connect with the ecosystem um, has been fantastic so far. Well, it's good. I mean, and it seems like a great trajectory. And uh, you're at that point where your sort of feet are wet enough and the expectations start to ratchet up. Hal's probably breathing down your neck a little bit. But at the same time, you can almost still play a little bit. I'm still the new guy, you know, trump (laughs) card if you need to, right? Uh, Yeah, um, I I wish. Uh, I think, you know, in in these roles... um, you know, yes, I'm getting to learn the team, um, learning learning HIMS as an organization, and then uh, I'm really focusing in on early on uh, innovation and also um, the HIT standards space as well. Um, but uh, it's been a really good start, and I have a lot to learn still uh, about how we can uh, help lead the organiz- uh, lead the, the system. Well, that's a good segue into the next question, because I think a lot of people that are in healthcare and probably a lot of people in healthcare IT know what HIMSS is, but just for those following along, it's the Healthcare Information and Management Systems Society. It's a nonprofit organization, and uh, the goal is to promote the use of information technology and management systems in the healthcare industry, which makes sense. There's so much going on, as evidenced by this conference and many other conferences that are happening. It seems like there's a new one cropping up every few minutes. Talk a little bit about, you know, HIMSS for those that may not be as sort of steeped in what it does and its purpose beyond just sort of that high level. Yeah, and, and uh, that's right. I mean, if you distill it down, you think about better health through information and technology. Um, and so our goal is to provide um, a voice and leadership and guidance to the ecosystem um, from a spectrum of emerging models, technology, information, best practice, uh, policy, and uh, impact of policy um, upon care. And we do that at a global level um, across uh, Europe, Asia, and obviously the U.S. as well. So um, it's 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 something it's a, it's a uh, serious mission but one that's very fun and allows us to participate in the innovation of where healthcare is is going in the future so speaking of you've been in the industry for 20 plus years between the IT and the health IT tell us what surprised you the most over the last 20 years is it it feels like we've gotten really fast really quick but for a long time things and maybe it's just an outside sort of observers point of view that it took a long time to get here maybe more time than it should have to get here well that's interesting I think you're right although there's a couple of surprises that are maybe more 
on the, the disappointment side, but some of them are, are also on the more positive side of things as well. Healthcare, when I entered into the, the domain, I saw that the technology seemed to be anywhere from five to 10 years behind. Um, and I think part of it was, is the, the model of healthcare still being figured out and what that process means. A lot of healthcare was delivered within the specific silo of a hospital or a system. Uh, but really the reality is for healthcare, it happens for the person in their home, wherever they are, how they're living. And I think we're now seeing technology move towards that, what's being called the consumer movement or consumerization. Um, and healthcare has been slower to adopt, but uh, I think that's changing. Part of what's changing is the convergence that's happening in platforms. And I think that's something interesting that's been very positive at the same time could be very disruptive. Um, the smartphone is now a decade old or more. And in technology for something to last and continue to grow and be so disruptive for a decade, but still look to be on the cusp of where it can go is pretty amazing. And so that's something that's been surprising, but, but more positive. And it's, it's turned into more of the smartphone, but more into, you know, where can mobile go? And um, I think healthcare is now leaning more into the consumer side and embracing those principles, um, which, is a, which is a lot more exciting. So let me ask you a question that wasn't on the cheat sheet, so you can punt on it if you want to, although Karen's not here to keep us honest. Uh, Apple made an announcement last week, which I think was probably more symbolic than anything, but you know, essentially said that they're go they've been given the clearance, not an approval, to collect cardio data that can be used to sort of help better inform one's health, if I'm paraphrasing correctly. What, what's your take on that, and, and what does that mean for the industry as a whole? Yeah, I... I think it's it's very positive to push the envelope. Uh, um, I've seen a lot of different comments and thoughts about uh, will it, will it create too much information for providers? Uh, you know, uh, will the right people be wearing a watch? But just introducing the concept and pushing that, um, I think is is going to be very positive. Uh, the clinicians are very smart. They pr put programs together to care for their patients. They're going to be looking into how the devices work and how to use them. But the reality is, is that watch now is just as powerful as any specifically engineered device on the market. And so when you think about the broader implications of what's going on when I talked about the convergence, software as a medical device is now entering the phase of where software-defined networks was. And we're gonna see in the next year or two a disruption and a focus back into probably a convergence towards the commodity devices as a platform and possibly a disruption in where um, how individual device makers need to redefine their focus from hardware into software and then engaging to use these utility platforms from Apple, Samsung, others as that bridge to make, them, make themselves viable in the market as well as use the, ubiqu the ubiquitous device that's frankly in everybody's hands no matter what socioeconomic status you are who you are how old you are anymore so i think we're we're right now very ripe for this disruption over the next couple of years and that just kind of proved it um, 
with ECG very, be, being very specific, the fall detection being specific, that that software now is going to evolve and, and the device itself will be less important. So let me ask you one more question as a follow-up to that. Uh, one of the biggest, I think, questions that gets asked is people love the idea of the convergence. They love the idea of all the data and you know the exhaust that comes off of these devices. But there is a question of who gets to be that central player, right? Because you have a lot of, could be a Cisco, it could be a Google, it could be a Facebook or an Apple. All of them have various barriers to, you know, trust and or facilitation of that. Do you have any thoughts on, you know, maybe not even naming a company, but what type of company might that central neural system be down the road that could be the repository for the data that everyone could tap into? Well, I mean, we've already started to see this a little bit with uh, private um, uh, government relationships. Um, I, I think the highest value in the industry is the ability to, to trust. And when you think about it, it, it we, we're going to have to move into a model where we have essentially a custodian. Because while patients should own their data, that that data is also an operational record uh, when you're seeing given care um, provided therapy whatever you need so but at some level um, not all patients will know exactly what to do with their data um, and that data needs to be available for future use for the benefit of the individuals so I think moving to more of a custodian model is um, likely um, it's not clear to me who that, that party or those parties could be yet. I think that's something that should be discussed and should be thought through very carefully um, because I'm not sure just a pure commercial market or a pure uh, government entity is the right answer. I like that, and I'm sort of pausing for a sec to digest that. I'm thinking the last thing you said changed a little bit, but Homeland Security after 9-11 was created, right? And it was sort of a meta-organization, although it was just for the government. And I wonder if there is a meta-organization that maybe spans government and uh, private sector so that it could come up with that, and that probably is the right answer down the road. Um, we've talked a little bit about this and probably a little more near term, but looking out you know, maybe 10 years what things do you see, you know, what possibilities, even if we get a little science fiction-y here in terms of technology improving and, and helping health? That's, that's, that's a great question. Um, I think even five years from now, we won't really recognize the same space. I think, you know, in 10 years from now, I can see parts of the acute process um, being at the standard of care in the home. Uh, maybe not entirely the hospital com being completely virtual, but I can see us making that much progress. I also, we're seeing bits and pieces of it with just the creativity in some of the health systems, especially the health systems that are more committed towards innovation with, t with technology. In, in inverting to a virtual model for rehab, um, perhaps breaking through on things we never thought before, uh, those that are blind, being able to have eyesight. Um, I think those that couldn't walk, being able to have some sort of augmentation that will allow them to have the ability to be able to walk and feel. 
things that they haven't felt before. Um, I really believe that we'll start to enter a different landscape at that level. It's really hard to say um, because a lot of things have to get lined up and um, it seems to be, you know, that this has always been this way, that the payment models end up driving a lot of where innovation goes. And I, I hope that we can align that for the, the best part of person care uh, versus, you know, just the payment models. But um, there's some pretty exciting things that could happen on the horizon that we just haven't even thought about yet either. How about related to that? And then we will get into more personal questions. Um, Walmart is here, and they're talking about sort of upending the healthcare system. CVS and Walgreens have already started this. So you talked a minute ago about telemedicine or the idea of telemedicine. This is really bringing the healthcare, you know, sort of the hospital-like experience or at least the clinic experience to the public. And if someone with the scale of a Walmart can do this, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a technology breakthrough, but it's sort of a delivery breakthrough at scale to a lot of people that can't normally be touched without any thoughts on that what well, is interesting you know you, you look at maybe walmart or cvs i know walmart latest facts and figures i saw is that um they have about a third of the population that goes through their stores every month and it's staggering number is staggering and so when you think about that um you'll never you know access or having access to either to those customers or those potential patients or the fact that the patients have a natural pathway where they're going to serve their other needs. Um, it makes sense. It's also another view on conversions, right? I am already going here anyway. I can just add this to the smartphone I already have. Uh, this kind of move to the horizontal versus the vertical, I think is a, it's gonna be very hard for uh, startups and other incumbents to, to or break into other domains if it's done well by having a convergence platform. And um, I, th I think that's the same thing I think about with CVS and Aetna. Uh, it's, it's the potential of having the physical access and the need to continue to, to access um, other needs makes it so much easier to just get care. And that's, that's, that's something that's, you know, a winning formula at some level. Um, so. Well, lots of good food for thought. This is where I like to shift a little bit towards you as the person and find out a little more about what makes you tick. Uh, and the first thing, and we were joking about this before, is what's something that people don't know about you that you're willing to share aside from the mass murder thing? We'll keep that tucked to the side. Yeah. Well, I, I really have a passion for cooking, um, and uh, I like to think that I'm really good. Uh, I like to at least eat my food, but one of the things I enjoy about cooking is I'm able to just focus on in that specific activity, and I like to cook for my family and friends and just enjoy being together. Um, so it's one of those things that just is a relaxation exercise for me, and I don't think that many people know about that. Well, it's funny. I'm in the same boat. It's very cathartic for me as well. My wife, she's a very good cook, but she does not love to do it. She's like, it's not relaxing at all. <laughs> I guess I have to do a follow-up, which is, do you have a signature dish or dishes that, you know, people say, Steve, you got to cook this? Um, I do have a few. I do like a stuffed steak. I take like some capers and olives and onions and uh, 
Uh, sometimes I'll throw a little cheese in there and s stuff it and then grill it. And, uh, you know, anything that normally you just can't kind of get in a restaurant, I try to do. Um, it's my own version, but, um, yeah, it's kind of fun to throw a little flair That's in. making my <laughs> mouth water already, so <laughs> okay. I'm already trying to think of how I could re recreate that. Uh, second question I like to ask is for all the smart people I get to talk to, you know, what's inspiring you from a book perspective, anything you've read or listened to over the last year or two that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I just finished reading um, a, a book called The Culture, Co Culture Code. I'm really interested in... Um, how culture plays an aspect in innovation and how that helps you with success. And I really enjoyed that book because it talks about how to create a culture that will help innovation flourish. Um, and uh, it's, it, you know, culture is not something that happens. It's something that you, you do. And so um, I really enjoyed that work by Daniel Coyle, um, especially as it relates to, to where my focus is. That's a good one. I'll have to add that to the list. I, the, the good news is I have tons of recommendations. The bad news is I don't think I'll ever have enough time to read all these books or listen to them, but I'm chipping away. Uh, the last question, and this is, I like sort of how people answer it as much as I like the actual answer, but it's the proverbial, you're stranded on a deserted island. You can pick one album and one album only to listen to. Which album would you pick and why? Yeah, that's a great question, and especially for my mind, because I don't think of music as much in album, albums anymore. I don't know, you know, just with <laughs> how that's changed for us all. But um, I really like The Police, and um, I'd probably go with uh, Ghost in the Machine. Listening to The Police just puts me in a different time and place, and again, puts me in that right mood. So I always enjoy throwing in a little Police and listening to Sting. Well, it's, it's an excellent choice, and I anytime I listen to it, I'm transported back to camp when I was in, I think, high school, maybe senior year. Uh, but your earlier comment was interesting because part of why I like to ask this is albums are a little bit of a anachronistic device, although they have made a strong comeback. Yeah. And it also makes you think differently where I went through an exercise recently where f some friends and I on Facebook went through and picked, like, favorite album of the – or favorite top ten albums of the 70s, 80s, 90s. And there were a couple times where I would either have someone on there or omit someone that they're like, why wouldn't you have The Clash, London Calling? And I said, look, I like, I like songs on that album, but it's not one of those albums where I could listen to it front to back. And that's the thing I think that people forget about is there's a difference between a few collections of songs from an artist and then an album that's a really well-crafted device. So it's that's why right. I ask the question the way I do. Anyway, this has been a pleasure, Steve. Uh, Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and the host of the What to Know podcast, sitting here at, uh, I keep wanting to say HIMS. I'm with Steve of HIMS, but we're at Health 2.0. Uh, Steve Rettling, who is the Chief Technology and Innovation Officer of HIMS. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash what to know.